Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Thursday edition of the program live and underway. Glad to have you with us. We do this each weekday at 11 a.m. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Glad you're with us. The Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you got a question for the show, you want to sound off about, sound off about something, you're welcome to send me a text during this show each and every day on the Thornton's text line. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And let's take a look at the show lineup for this Thursday program, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany, segment one. Coming up here in just a few moments, we'll have some headlines of the day. We'll take a look at the IU-Kentucky series returning uh, to the near future, in the near future for both programs. Also, Sam Vecini of The Athletic, who does a great job covering the NBA draft and so many different things around basketball. He had some really good things to say about Jalen hood Shafino. I'll share those with you in just a bit. Also, Indiana updated their roster on the IU Basketball website. No big deal, right? Well, maybe unless you're crazy like we are about following the team, there were some significant weight gains specifically that I want to mention to you today as well. A couple of recruiting notes. Indiana was very, very active yesterday out on the road. I think they saw six or seven different players in different locations across the country. So the staff, despite the season being just around the corner, is very active in its fall recruiting right now as well. And we'll get into a couple local things as well here in segment number one. Later in the show, Alex Bozich inside the hall. He's always with me on Thursdays as we talk IU basketball. There's plenty to get to with Alex today. And then we'll close out later in segment three with Matt Weaver of Peaks.com who joins us a lot for a football perspective. And we've got IU Rutgers coming up. It's a game Indiana really needs to win. They've got a tough schedule ahead. The Rutgers game is not necessarily easy by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think at any point any opponent, any game would be easy for this Indiana football team. But uh, a game that uh, they would like to win. They need to win this weekend to stop the slide and see where they're at heading into some of the very tough games coming up with Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Purdue the rest of the way to close out the season for the Indiana football program. Uh, that's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's get into our headlines. This broke yesterday. In fact, I did not even see it during the commercial break. Dustin Dopirak brought it up when he joined me live on the show. 
that Coach Calipari at SEC Men's Basketball Tip-Off Media Days down in Birmingham, he broke the news that the teams have, in principle, agreed that they'll be playing starting in 25-26. Cal said it's at the admin level now, like the administrative level. I guess that means athletic directors and those that handle the scheduling and those sorts of things. But he had no other details about dates or venues. Will this be what we've heard more recently in the rumor mill, which was not just neutral site games, but there was an opportunity for there to be some campus home and home games as well, which I think is what everybody wants, maybe except for John Calipari. At least he made that known after the watch shot and then the court rush and all the things that happened on that very special night in Assembly Hall. But uh, the series is back. I mentioned this yesterday. I'm sure we'll say this a lot. It just makes sense. If you live in southern Indiana where we're at, there's nothing bigger than Louisville against Kentucky. So Indiana-Kentucky is a wonderful addition to that schedule. And I said this yesterday as well, while we're pushing in this direction, let's get Indiana and Louisville back on the schedule as well. Coach Woodson, Coach Payne, there's some history there with the Knicks and the NBA basketball, and it makes a lot of sense. To, and there's been discussion about it as well. Let's see if we can get that on the schedule. Those are just great games for fans, great games for the area, and just solidify that we truly are in one of the best places, if not the best place, in the country for basketball. At the high school level, I think that's pretty solidified. At the college level, I think you could build a great argument for that as well. And so let's get these big rivalry games back, and kudos to everybody that's been involved in getting Indiana and Kentucky back. Can't wait to find out the dates for the 25-26 season. Wish it was next season. Wish it was this season, as a matter of fact. And also very curious to see, will it start off at neutral sites for the first few years before going to campus sites? Or maybe we'll be shocked and it'll start right off the gate down in Rupp or in Assembly Hall for the Hoosiers. But big news, great news for college basketball and excited for this one to now be official. I just, again, like most of you, wish it was happening sooner rather than later. Also, Sam Vecini, he's with The Athletic, does a great job covering the NBA draft and professional basketball. He had some really good comments about Jalen hood Shafino and writing about some things for the upcoming college basketball season. He said, quote, hood Shafino is another player who has garnered high praise from scouts who have been to team practices early this season. Guys who play at Montverde, which is where hood Shafino played his high school career, at least his last few years, are typically pretty ready to play pretty early, and he could be next in line. Originally from Pittsburgh, the six-foot-five guard is lauded for his terrific, I should say lauded for his terrific feel for the game and his all-around impact on both ends of the court. He's a tough driver. He has a college-ready frame to withstand the tough schedule of the Big Ten. If he can pair well with Xavier Johnson in the backcourt, the Hoosiers could end up not just being the best team in the Big Ten, but in the Final Four. Again, not just the best team in the Big Ten, but in the Final Four. So that is some of the biggest praise for Hood Shafino that we've heard, and obviously for Indiana as a whole to see them mentioned as a possible Final Four team is a big deal. There's a long way between now and then, but the talent is there, the interest is there in this team, and uh, again, just another reason why I think we're all excited about getting the 22-23 college basketball season underway. Also yesterday, Indiana updated its roster on its website. Uh, no big deal, no major, major weight gains. In fact, a few players 
lost a few pounds, which I think is fairly consistent if you go down through the roster, that uh, some people may be getting slimmer and trimmer. But a couple that stood out to me, C.J. Gunn is now listed at 194 pounds when he was first added to the roster as a senior or an outgoing senior at Lawrence North. He was 186, so he's had an eight-pound gain, which was one of the biggest on the roster. Logan Duncombe, who kind of had a lot of buzz around him after IU had their media day, he's gained six or seven pounds, according to the roster. And Tamar Gates, uh, Tomorrow Bates, excuse me, another big uh, leader, he gained eight pounds and is up to 198. So bigger, tougher, stronger, you hope, to prepare for an always rough and tough Big Ten conference. But those were some of the changes that stood out to me, especially Duncombe and Bates. I thought those were interesting things to pass along to you. Yesterday, from a recruiting perspective, the IU staff was out on the road uh, taking advantage of the fall opportunities to get out and see players. Uh, They were, I think I counted six different players they saw in various parts of the country. And so uh, Indiana getting out seeing some really good players. In fact, players that Kentucky and Duke and some of the others are involved with. But uh, some players in North Carolina, a handful of them, a couple in the D.C. area, I know is where Indiana was at yesterday. But definitely the staff spreading out in the middle part of the week to see some players in person here during this fall evaluation period. And keep in mind, recruiting continues. The fall evaluation period continues. Practices are underway. And uh, the the first game, the two exhibition games, are not far off for this team. We're talking a week or so away. And so it's a busy time for the college coaches at all programs. Indiana obviously hitting the trail yesterday in a big way. But definitely a, a, a tough time, I'm sure, to be an assistant coach, especially to keep up with recruiting, to dig into the team for the upcoming season. And obviously the the season just around the corner as far as exhibition games as well. High school football this week, big sectional games. I mentioned some of that earlier in the week, and we'll preview some more of that coming up a little bit later. But some news from Providence today. They have named Trey Watson, who was an assistant coach with the team since 2018, as interim head coach of the Providence baseball program. Trey Watson played baseball for two years at Vincennes University, obviously played four years at Providence. He was a key member of the 2016 2A state championship team. Really hard to believe that that he was a member of that team already getting ready to take over Providence as the interim head coach. So it will be interesting to see his path forward, but definitely an alumni promotion there by Providence. I think a lot of people thought that might be the expected move. And Trey will assume that position, at least on an interim basis, and lead Providence baseball going forward. Providence with Cole Hewitt, who committed to Virginia, has some other talent as well, will definitely be a team to watch in high school baseball coming up this spring. And I know it sounds crazy, but fall sports are wrapping up. Winter sports and high school basketball will begin here soon. The girls' basketball side of things, they are going to wrap up tomorrow their first day of practices, and so some of those girls' teams will be having scrimmages coming up in the next week or so, and then first games coming up in two weeks or so from a girls' basketball perspective, and then, of course, the boys will get things underway with practices coming up a little bit later in the month of November. But it's all going to be here sooner rather than later and uh, going to be a lot of fun to have it all going on, football, basketball, college, uh, also high school, and, of course, even NBA. Romeo with a 
what, two points, three points last night in a few minutes that he got in for the Spurs. And so we'll continue to track him as the NBA season gets underway as well. We'll head to a commercial break when we come back. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall will be my guest. We'll talk IU basketball. We'll talk about the return of the Indiana-Kentucky series a few years from now. We'll talk recruiting, Jalen hood Shafino, and so many more uh, topics to get with Alex on today. Also still ahead, Matt Weaver of Pigs.com. We'll dig into IU football. I know it's tough. I know the team is struggling. But can they get a win this Saturday against Rutgers? We'll have uh, Matt break that game down for us coming up later in the show today. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Thursday program. The Thornton's text line is open. That number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you've got a question or topic for Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall on IU Basketball, now's a good time to send that in. And you can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. Alex, welcome into the show. We have talked so much the last few weeks about what we thought was the imminent return of an Indiana and Kentucky rivalry series. And yesterday, during this program, down at SEC Media Days, Coach Cal of UK confirmed that the series is indeed going to return in the 2025-26 season. Great news for Kentuckiana. People on the IU side, people on the Kentucky side, I think it's a wonderful thing. I just wish it began sooner than a few seasons from now. And I don't know if we have Alex or not. Alex, are you there? Right, sorry, 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 yeah, I'm sorry about that, Matt. I was on, I was on mute as I was waiting for you to stop talking. Sorry about that. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me as always. Um, the first thing I thought about yesterday when I saw the date of 25-26 was the conversation we had a couple weeks ago about you know this series resuming and who would actually be the coaches at that time. And it, to me, it kind of brings in brings that question up even more because, you know, you've got a situation now where John Calipari for a long time, it seems like he has not wanted to coach a game at Indiana. And now that this series isn't going to take place at least for a couple more years and we don't really know the venues and we don't really know where, uh, when exactly these games are going to be, if it's going to be a two-game series, they're going to be a four-game series, it's going to be all neutral sites. It's, a little bit disappointing to me that we're going to have to wait, you know, three more years uh, to see this game, to be honest with you, because so much can change in that amount of time. And the fact that Calipari said that it's now at the administrative level, uh, I just wonder how involved he even was uh, in, in putting this together and if he even desires, how much he even desires to, to play Indiana, because, um, you know, he's been at Kentucky now since, what, 2009. Uh, you look at the history of coaches there. 
Uh, I just wonder, you know, is he is he going to be there for the whole thing? Is he actually going to coach a game in Assembly Hall? Those are kind of some of the things that immediately came to mind. I'm glad it's back on the calendar, but I'm a little bit underwhelmed that it's going to take until 25-26 to, to get the game. You look at Indiana playing Arizona and Indiana playing Kansas, when those series uh, got announced, it was for the next season. So uh, I just like to learn a little bit more why it's taking uh, so long and, and what the actual setup's going to look like. Yeah, I think we all agree it's great for it to return. And with the season here just weeks away, I mean, we understand it's not going to take place right now this season. Right. But you would hope it for would sure. be for the following season. It is really, I guess the good news is it's back. The bad news is you're going to have to wait a while for it to come back. It's hard to understand. Hey, Matt, do you, do you agree with me, though? Do you, want, do you wonder at all, too, that, is John Calipari actually going to be Kentucky's coach, you know, for the whole time? And Mike, I mean, how, how long is Mike Woodson going to be Indiana's coach? He's, he's 60, I think 63, 64 years old. And you're talking about, say this is a four-game series, we're talking about games that could potentially be played in 2029, 2028. That's a long time from now. So I would have just liked to see this game start back up next season. Uh, I, you know, at this point, I don't really care where the games are played. You know, I would like to see it played on campus sites and neutral sites and play it in Chicago, play it in New York, play it in Indy, play it in Louisville, uh, one of those places. But, yeah, I mean, it was – it's great to have it kind of circled on the calendar now for a few years out the road. I just think so much can change. Uh, I mean, look at, look at this past off season. Uh, our past couple of off-seasons in college basketball, Roy Williams retires, uh, Mike Krzyzewski calls it quits, uh, you got Jay Wright stepping down for Villanova. I mean, you know, these coaches aren't going to be at these programs forever, and, and uh, I, I would have just liked with if Mike Woodson and, and John Calipari were getting together to, to make this happen, just, just go ahead and let's make it happen and not wait three years to do it. Yeah, one other thing I wonder, too, kind of along your lines, when this series does return in 25-26, whether Cal's the coach or not, are the campus games actually going to be part of this? And would campus right. games be played that year? Or could it start off two years of neutral sites, which pushes it even further to win, uh, away from when campus games could be played, which would almost, I don't want to say guarantee it, but make you wonder if either coach will be there. Right. I mean, let's say, and this is all hypotheticals because we don't know, but let's say it is a four-game series with, two neutral site games and two campus sites. I mean, you're talking about 20 – let's say you play the two neutral site games first. So that takes you out to 27-28 would be the first year for a campus site game. And 28-29, uh, I mean, that that's that's an eternity uh, in college sports now with all the changes and everything that's been going on. So, uh, you know, I'm not complaining that we're going to get the game back. I think it's going to be great. I'm just uh, very interested to see the details of how this is all going to work and, and – whether or not Kentucky is actually going to agree to come to play a game at, at Indiana or if this is just going to be a neutral site deal. Yeah, absolutely. Alex Bozich, my guest. Alex, was it Indiana-Kentucky or Indiana-Louisville where there was some rumblings back over the summer that that matchup could take place? Maybe it was in New York as one of the big uh, early season college basketball showcases or events. Do you recall anything like that? Yeah, it's Indiana uh, and Louisville, I believe, are going to be involved in the same preseason event next year, the Empire Classic uh, 2023 in New York. 
the other participating teams are UConn and Texas. So I think you could see Indiana Louisville play as early as next season. That, that's another game, I think, uh, that would be great. And I think something that hopefully will happen with the relationship that Kenny Payne and Mike Woodson have, has good friends from their time spent together uh, with the New York Knicks, uh, that would be another series I think we could, could look forward to. And especially with, who knows what's going to happen with the Big Ten ACC Challenge. I mean, that's always been an event that ESPN has put on, right? Because ESPN's been part of the Big Ten rights. And the new deal that was just agreed to between the two conferences, ESPN no longer has uh, Big Ten rights. And so you wonder what's going to happen with the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Maybe if that goes away, could we see Indiana and Louisville agree to, to kind of play a home-and-home home for a couple of years or get that as an annual thing. But, yeah, Louisville and Indiana are both scheduled to be in the Empire Classic in 2023 in New York. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest here on this Thursday edition of the program. You know, with with all the other big early season things out there, uh, I know you mentioned the future of the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Could, who, who knows? Could be up in the air. But is there room year in and year out for Indiana-Kentucky and Indiana and Louisville and some of those one-off series that you want to see year after year? And Indiana still take advantage of all the things that go along with the I'll call them national-level uh, events or games like playing in Las Vegas or playing in Madison Square Garden, which are fun for the fans. They're great for the alumni bases in different parts of the country. But let's be honest, so much of this helps with recruiting. When you can tell players, here are the type of things you go play in. Here are the games that are on national television. And I know Kentucky, Indiana, and Louisville, Indiana are going to be national-level games no matter where they're at. But is there room for two rivalry games in the non-conference with everything else that happens in the early season of college basketball these days? I think so. Uh, it is somewhat dependent on what happens with Gavitt and Big Ten ACC because if those stick around, um, you've got, at, at that point, you've got two pretty big non-conference games every year on your schedule. Um, if those are gone or one of them is gone or they change into something else, uh, ideally, I think you want to have at least three or four marquee non-conference games. I mean, this year, for example, Indiana's playing in the Gavit and the Big Ten ACC. They've also got Kansas and they've got Arizona. Um, the Kansas deal is has a return game next season in Bloomington after that. You know, it was a two-year deal, so there will be opportunities, I think, uh, down the down the line. But I think also a lot of it depends on just the state of the program and where Indiana is on the you know in terms of being competitive nationally. If they're going to be a perennial, you know, top twenty-five team uh, moving forward under Mike Woodson, uh, you you definitely want to prepare yourself in the non-conference with a, with a strong schedule, knowing that you're going to go into the Big Ten and it's going to be competitive night in and night out and you're going to have plenty of chances to have uh, marquee wins in conference. I also think you, you want to have some tests early in the year because this year Indiana has really loaded up their, their non-conference schedule uh, by playing those four games uh, early in the season to give themselves a chance to really uh, set themselves up for a nice NCAA tournament see if they're successful in those games. But, but yeah, to answer your question, Matt, I think there's going to be opportunity uh, for games like that, but I wouldn't expect to see you know Indiana playing uh, six or seven uh, ambitious non-conference games a year. Now, the, the exception to that could be if you get into an event like the Battle for Atlanta, so you get into the to, to an event like the Maui. Uh, those are a little bit out of your control in terms of who you play. You could go into Maui and 
play three really good teams. And then you also have the Big Ten ACC Challenge and Gavin. The game against Kentucky, that's going to be a year where it's going to be a little bit more tough. But, you know, I think we've talked about this before, Matt, and this kind of feeds into the conversation that has been going on now about the expansion of the NCAA tournament. We need to figure out a way in college basketball in general to get more of these compelling early season matchups. No, you know, nobody uh, – they're not struggling to get eyeballs uh, in this part of the country for college basketball because the fan bases at Kentucky and Indiana and Louisville and you know th- those programs, people are dialed in year-round. It's, it's why you're able to have your show every week, Matt. It's why I'm able to, to write inside the hall. But other parts of the country, college basketball is a sport that people drop in for maybe a conference tournament time and NCAA tournament time. People saw out the brackets and watch the watch the tournament, but, but we need to find ways to get people more engaged year-round and having games like Indiana, Kentucky, Indiana, Louisville, brands that people know and are familiar with, I think has a chance to really draw in the casual viewer on a more consistent basis. Yeah, I totally agree. Talking with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, he joins the show on Thursdays. You can read his work at InsideTheHall.com and also follow him at InsideTheHall on Twitter. Alex one other topic I wanted to bring up today, you wrote a brief story about this, but the 22-23 men's basketball roster has been updated on the IU Athletics website. And if you're mm-hmm. an IU nut or you cover the team as we do, you pay attention to everything. And I mentioned this in our headline segment today, but two things that stood out to me, Logan Duncombe, a little heavier, he's gained six pounds. Tamar Bates has gained eight pounds. But there really was no significant uh, gainer of 15, 20 pounds, which we've seen before uh, under Cliff Marshall as the IU strength and conditioning leader. It, maybe we didn't get as much from him as far as social media stuff this offseason either to see the players doing the weights and doing some of the, the challenges, the fitness challenges that he puts them through. But uh, nonetheless, um, a few gains there I think worth noting for the roster for this upcoming season. Yeah, the ones that really stood out to me, uh, Caleb Banks putting on 15. He was 200 when he came in. He's listed at 215 now. I think that's a notable one. I'm not really surprised at the lack of movement for a guy like Jalen hood Shafino because he came in with a college-really-ready body. I don't know that he needed Maybe to get him a little bit more chiseled, but I don't know that he needed to put on weight. I mean, he was listed at 215. He's 213 now. Same with Malik Renew. Uh, he was listed at 235 now at 233, but Caleb Banks adding 15 is notable to me. C.J. Gunn adding 8 pounds, getting him a little bit closer to 200 uh, was notable. And then Tamar Bates. I think Tamar Bates in high school was listed in the 170s uh, somewhere, I think 175 maybe, 180. He's 198 now. So that to me is, is notable. You look at guys that are in the NBA at that position. There's not many guys in the NBA that are, that are you know, Six five six six, one hundred and seventy five, hundred eighty pounds. Tamar Bates getting closer to two hundred. I think that shows me uh, that he's done some work on his body this off season. And then the older guys, I don't really notice. I think that you really expect all that much out of a Xavier Johnson. I mean, he's a grown man. Trace Jackson Davis, same thing. He's been in college now for four years. Race Thompson going into his I think sixth year uh, in college basketball overall when he counted his redshirt year. So you know the. the I think those are some notable gains for the younger guys and kind of what's in line with what you would expect. And those are some, you know, Logan Duncombe is a guy that people are a little bit curious to see how he develops this season. And I know he had some health issues last year in terms of being injured for the Bahamas trip and then 
I think at one point maybe last season he was sick with mono, and then he had his tonsils taken out in the spring. So it was kind of like uh, numerous things that went wrong with him, and it seems like he's finally fully healthy. And seeing him above 240 pounds, I think, is a good development. Yeah, absolutely. Alex, one other mention of Jalen hood Shafino. I know we've talked a lot about him as well here in recent weeks. I feel like he's one of the players that IU fans are most excited to see here when things tip off. But some really good words from Sam Vecini of The Athletic, not only about hood Shafino, what he's heard about him here in the preseason and the practices, but also he called Indiana a Big Ten championship team possibly and possibly a Final Four team. So a lot to unpack on his positive words about Hood Shafino and IU in a little capsule he wrote. Yeah, I mean, it just falls in line with everything I think that we've heard in the preseason. We haven't seen a practice. We haven't really seen anything other than the Fan Fest earlier in the summer and then Hoosier Hysteria. But I did see another mock draft. I think it was on Bleacher Report, maybe. Uh, Wasserman that does their... um, all their draft content, I think, had it had it Chifino in the 20s uh, as a potential first-round pick. So I'm real excited just to see kind of what he he's going to look like. Uh, I think the talent is uh, undeniable, but how does he fit with this team? How does he play alongside uh, Xavier Johnson? What are his numbers going to look like? I mean, he, he could be a guy that, you know, from a statistical standpoint, his numbers don't really jump off the page because you have Xavier Johnson and Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis. Those guys are going to get their numbers and, uh, it may be hard for, for Jalen Hitchifino to come in and have a really high usage rate or average, you know, 15 points a game like a Romeo did as a freshman, but he could still have a major impact and, and get himself drafted after a year if he comes in and meets some of these expectations that are being thrown on him uh, entering the season. Alex, I want to go to the Thornton's text line. Texter says, Sports Illustrated has Illinois as number 15 in the nation with IU at number 20. Illinois has three significant transfers to help replace Kofi Coburn. Does IU have any newcomers who can play the five position but go out on the perimeter and score? Newcomers, well, the, I mean, the only newcomer in the front court, uh, well, there's two. Uh, either one of them, I mean, Malik Renew is probably more of a four than he is a five, but not really a perimeter player. Uh, Caleb Banks is a 3-4. Uh, he's not a center, but he's coming into the program as well. And then, I mean, you can also kind of throw Logan Duncan in there as a newcomer because he only played 20 minutes total last season. So anything that he does this year is basically uh, new to the team and to the program. Uh, but he's not a perimeter player either. So, uh, ne- you know, none of those guys are uh, what I would consider to be uh, perimeter players. Or, or, you know, they're obviously front court guys are going to add depth, but, but not really – uh, three-point shooters, uh, maybe a little bit with Caleb Banks, but he's not your traditional back-to-the-basket big man. He's more of a wing uh, slash stretch four. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Final question for you. want to dive into mm-hmm. recruiting for just a moment. By my count, and it's hard to keep up with everything, but by my count, IU saw six or seven different players spread out across the country yesterday, uh, really taking advantage maybe of a final chance to get out on the road with practices going in advance of the exhibition games, see some guys, mm-hmm. set some priorities. Indiana was busy yesterday. Yeah, I mean, they, they've been busy now for several weeks. This isn't uh, anything new. Uh, I think the assistant coaches in particular have really been out <clears throat> on the road, making connections, seeing kids. It was a, with a real focus 
2024 and 2025. I think a lot of people are still kind of interested to see what happens with 2023, but what you're going to see in the, in the fall here is two guys sign their letter of intent with Gabe Cups and Ja'Kai Newton, and then you're going to see Indiana go to the spring and probably go with the transfer portal or see if any other guys reclassify up maybe and move up a year or if there's any decommitments from coaching changes. But a lot of groundwork being laid for 2024 and 2025. Obviously, Indiana has some important visitors on campus for Hoosier Hysteria uh, in those classes, and I think they're going to continue take every opportunity, uh, particularly with the assistant coaches getting out on the road and seeing kids. And I think, Indiana, one thing that they've really done an excellent job with, their support staff is, is top-notch uh, with some of the guys that they have. You know, recruiting has been a little bit more expanded now to where uh, you, it doesn't have to be just the coaching staff reaching out to kids. And Indiana's taking advantage of that. It has a lot of guys uh, that are on staff that are really working, uh, recruiting hard, and, and it's going to be up to – to, to Indiana this year, I think, to really be successful on the court, I think that's how they, they start to land some commitments in 2024 and 2025. A lot of Indiana's recruiting so far is just coming in based on the hope that they're going to be become an elite program. If they actually do it this season, I think you can see it uh, really pay huge dividends in 2024 and beyond. All right, Alex, we are a week and a few days away from the First exhibition game on October 29th is Saturday, 3 p.m. tip-off. Indiana takes on Marion University, of course, an in-state NAI-level uh, program. Uh, so, or I should say NCAA Division III-level program, I believe. But with that said, it's almost here. We've got one more what we'll call preseason chat next Thursday. And then once it gets started, uh, it happens uh, hot and heavy. We're going to be into some big-time basketball uh, a month from now, this Indiana team will have had some real challenges and will be gearing up for some really big challenges. Yeah, Matt, every year I feel like we, we wonder how we're going to make it through an off season. I know you kind of wonder the same thing with your show. We always find things to talk about. I always enjoy our conversations, have for a long time, but I enjoy them more when we actually have games to react to and we can actually talk about the team in more of a sense of something we've actually seen rather than just the idea about it. So thanks as always, Matt, for having me on, and uh, we'll talk again next week. Absolutely. Alex Bozich with us on Thursdays. We'll head to a commercial break. Don't forget the Thornton's text line it remains open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. Matt Weaver of Pigs.com is next. IU football will be the topic. The Hoosiers and Rutgers coming up on Saturday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here. Final segment of this Thursday program. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com football writer with us as we talk about IU football and their game coming up on Saturday. A noon game for the Hoosiers. They will play in New Jersey 
against Rutgers. And Matt, you can help set this one up for us. It clearly is a game Indiana needs some success, needs a win, needs to get some momentum rolling because after Rutgers, it's uh, a string of tough opponents, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, and rival Purdue to close the season. Uh, Can you set the table for this one and what to expect for IU fans, what the chance is for IU football this weekend in New Jersey? Um, Excuse me, it's an interesting game because you know, the same day that Indiana, you know, made the change at O-line, Rutgers made the change uh, with their offensive coordinator. Now, they didn't play this past week, so there's some unknown. I mean, obviously, you can't overhaul the offense midway through the season, uh, but I would expect there to be some changes with the new play caller and what they do. Um, they've really struggled to uh, throw the ball with their quarterback play. You know, they try to run the ball. They try to keep it more low scoring. They've got their defense is really improved from last year. They're playing pretty solid defensively. Um, you know, so this is a game. I, I would be surprised if it's a high-scoring game. I mean, it's you know, uh, if Rutgers has their way, it'll be more of a low-scoring contest. Um, you know, for Indiana, you know, it's just right now. It, it seems like every week there's a, you know, there's something that's kind of you know faltering. You know, this past week the offense came up to came to play even with three turnovers. You still scored 33 points. Um, but the defense just completely let down in the second half, especially there in the fourth quarter, um, going against the backup quarterback for Maryland, who basically you know couldn't throw the ball. You knew what was coming, and still you weren't able to stop it. So that was really disappointing. It's it's surprising how poor the secondary has played for Indiana. Um, you know, and you know this week I don't know if that's as big of a deal going against Rutgers, but that's something that needs to get shored up. But you know, this is a game where both teams really need to win. You know, I think they've lost that they're three and three their own three in the conference they really need a win indiana's lost four in a row they desperately need a win and they wouldn't have any chance of playing in a bowl game they've got to win this game i don't see them winning three out of the last four even two out of the last four is going to be difficult but at least you give yourself an opportunity but they've got to they've got to get this game i feel like i ask you this every thursday when you come on how is the health of this team the hoosiers have been missing some very key players from earlier in the year with some injuries that have kept him out now for a while. Is there an update from Coach Allen this week uh, on his radio show or during your press opportunities with him? Not a lot. I mean, we know that Cam Jones isn't going to play for a while. Nobody, you know, they don't they don't say when he's going to be back. Obviously, you're probably looking at maybe just the last game or two for him. The way the way they you know they say several weeks. Um, Jalen Williams didn't play last week. Um, I you know they I think they initially called him either day to day or week to week. I can't remember the designation, but I, maybe he's back. DJ Matthews got a little bit of playing time, if I remember right, uh, this past week. So you know, may, hopefully he can you know maybe give him some more snaps because that would obviously be big for the offense. Um, I actually asked about Bo Robbins in the Zoom call this morning um, because he didn't play on Saturday, and, and you know Bo Robbins is a guy that's made some plays for them this year, and um, he he was out Saturday because of health, and it sounds like he's probably going to be unavailable this week. Um, I think as far as, you know, I think that's about it as far as key injuries. Um, You know, I'm trying to think A.J. Barner. uh, I don't think he played this past week, but hopefully he's another guy that obviously be a big big guy to get back. So, you know, they're they're not real forthcoming on timetables. They kind of, you know, make it really ambiguous in general, which I get. So it's just kind of you kind of have to wait and see who's out there for for pregame warm-ups and who gets out on the field when the game starts. Matt, do you think the defensive side of things will bounce back for Indiana 
on Saturday. It's been decent to good, I think, most of the season, but that was a real issue in the Maryland loss. Your thoughts on that? On the defense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I think the most the most, you know, disappointing thing about Indiana this season, and I think the most disappointing position group, even when you even more so than the offensive line, because I think everybody thought the offensive line could struggle, is the secondary. You had a bunch of guys back um, who were experienced, guys who had, you know, been recognized nationally in the Big Ten and they're just not playing very good. And and, you know, there's been some guys banged up there, but the bottom line is that's a veteran group and, and you at this point you should have de- enough depth to be able to, you know, kind of make up for guys, you know, being out or being a little bit nicked up and they just haven't done that. It's it, they've really they've not played well. I think the linebackers have been good, even with the loss of Cam Jones. I think they've obviously you can't replace him with one guy, but I think Aaron Casey's really stepped up his play. Bradley Jennings has, has done some things. Um, you know, the D-line is, I think they're solid. I mean, they still don't get a good enough pass rush on the quarterback. Um, you know, but I think all in all, I think the biggest disappointment on this defense is, like I said, the secondary, and it's just it's kind of head-scratching as to why. I'm sure the coaches are kind of perplexed by it, too, because I think they all thought this was going to be a strength of this team, and, and to this point of the season, it really hasn't. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com, with us. We're talking IU football uh, in advance of the Rutgers game on Saturday. In general, the schedule the rest of the way after Rutgers take us through Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Purdue. Obviously, Penn State's good. Ohio State's really good. What are the opportunities like for Indiana, and how tough could it be to get a win in those final four games if they can't do it this weekend against Rutgers. I assume Purdue probably the best chance if Indiana gets through this weekend with a, uh, without a win. Yeah, I mean, you know, I hate to kind of. I mean, obviously, you would say Ohio State would probably be, you know, your your least favorable opportunity, and then after that, you know, I might go uh, Penn State. Although, you know, you look at and I hate to compare games, but you know, Indiana Indiana was in that Michigan game until late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter. Michigan really, really whipped up on Penn State. That doesn't mean Indiana's going to play with Penn State or beat them. I think it's a game that could be closer than people think. Um, you know, Penn State kind of at times struggles offensively. So, you know, if you can limit the explosive plays, you might have a chance to at least be in the game in the second half. That's all you That's all you can ask for. Be in the game in the second half, you have a chance to win. Ohio State's going to be incredibly difficult. You know, Michigan State's up there. They're not as good as they were last year. Um, you know, but that's still going to be up there. Weather could be a factor. Um, you know, they typically run the ball better than Indiana, so if weather's a factor, you can't throw it as well, then that could be a real issue for you. And then Purdue's playing well, um, and they've, you know, their passing game gives Indiana fits, and, you know, they've done a good job uh, over the years, Coach Brom up there uh, against Indiana. And so, I mean, it's it's not impossible that if you win this week to get two more wins, but, you know, you're obviously going to have to steal a game that probably a lot of people didn't think you could get before the season. Matt, I think this came up last week, definitely within the last few weeks, as Indiana's been on a little bit of a slide here. But recruiting, I know I saw one decommitment uh, from a recruit that had been committed to the program. Uh, how, how do you feel? You talked to a lot of these high school coaches and even recruiting targets. How do you feel Indiana stands with some rough weeks here recently uh, with some of these guys that either are committed or were thinking about committing? Well, I mean, you know, right now – the they're, um, you know, like you said, they, they lost Trayvon West, the DB from South Carolina. I don't know if that was as much about the season. That might have been more about location, and maybe he decided he wants to stay closer to home. I'm not really sure what the reasoning was there. Um, you know, the three other line commits who committed to Darren Hiller have all, you know, reaffirmed their pledge to Indiana. So, 
you know, I think that's a good thing. Those are the guys you kind of want to hold on to because it's just hard to find offensive linemen, and they seem like three quality recruits. You know, they've kind of lately they've been hitting up. You know, they're gonna they're gonna take some transfers in this class. It's only gonna be about fourteen or fifteen high school kids. I think they're at nine. So you're you know you've only got about five you know four or five spots, six spots maybe of high school kids. And I think they'll probably take you know six, seven, eight um, transfers depending on how much attrition you have. So. They've been at some JUCOs. I've been talking to some JUCO guys. We'll have some stories coming out. So, I mean, I think right now they're doing okay. I mean, obviously last season hurt, and then this little skid probably doesn't help. But if you can win a couple games to get some momentum back, you know, that would definitely help you in the recruiting going, in, going into that, in that important recruiting season in December and January. Absolutely. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com. You can read all of his work at Peaks.com and at MB underscore Weaver on Twitter. Matt, thanks so much for the update. We'll do it again next week and continue talking IU football in advance of the weekends with you each Thursday. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. All right, great stuff. Matt Weaver, Pigs.com. Let's see what the Hoosiers can do on Saturday at Rutgers. Let's see if they can find a way to a victory. Some tough weeks ahead with Penn State, Ohio State. Of course, the rivalry game with Purdue, I think that could still be a great game. And IU has a bye week coming up as well. So uh, some interesting times ahead even though I know the season hasn't went like fans and I'm sure coaches hoped it would go for the IU football Hoosiers. That's going to wrap things up for this Thursday edition of the program. High school football coming up on Friday night. Providence and Springs Valley to start off postseason football. Our Big X coverage will be on 94.7 FM on Friday night, and we'll see if the Pioneers can take the first step to a sectional crown They've got a tough way to go with Tecumseh in that sectional, but we'll start things off with Providence on Friday. Justin Kalen will have the call of that game. And just fun to know that postseason is here, and it's a busy time in fall sports and football now joining the ranks as far as postseason stuff goes. That's going to wrap things up for this Thursday program. We'll be back with you Friday at 11 a.m. Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star will join. Also Dylan Wallace of the Seymour Tribune. And who knows, we may have another guest join us on our Friday program as well. If you missed the live show, you can find us as a podcast. We're always available wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for Who's Your Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. And again, I'll be back with you on Friday. Have a great Thursday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.